Welcome back, everybody, to the Dom and Colin podcast for some more coverage of the Challenge 38 Ride or Dies. Of course, I am one of your hosts, Matt, uh, not alongside my usual co-host this week because he is off gallivanting around the city of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., uh, with RAJP Live going on this week. So instead, uh, in an episode that uh, did have a heavily featured segment all about love, I brought in my romantic partner. Here is the uh, podcasting debut of us uh, together as a couple. Um, I, of course, am joined by Jonathan Foreman, known in the podcasting world as Jofo. So um, you can decide here. It's been a little while since you've been behind the microphone uh, what name you would like to to go forward with uh, as your podcasting name. So that's up to you. But how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'm glad you couldn't that we're not doing a video call here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you couldn't see my face when when you said what you said. But I, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm g- glad to be here. I don't think I'm going to be bringing the uh, the level of insight that uh, Scally typically does, or the certainly not the level of um, knowledge of messiness. But I, I'll do what I can. I mean, I don't. So I mean, just to to back it up a little bit um, for anybody who has never heard uh, you either on a podcast in general or uh, talking about the challenge in general, whatever. Um, you did pop into occasional coverage of the challenge, um, in past years over on, uh, RHAP with Allie whenever, um, a substitute was needed. So you have talked about the challenge on air before, but again, it's been a while. Um, but I guess for anybody who hasn't heard you before, um, what's your, uh, challenge history? My challenge history. So I started watching the challenge when I was in like high school which would have been a long time ago now. And I've, I've been keeping up ever since. You know, I, I am definitely more on the, I don't know if there are ca- challenge casuals, but I, I would certainly say I'm more on that side than an in-depth uh, super fan. But I, I watch, I enjoy, and I like it. I, like you said, I used to uh, pop in occasionally with Allie or Brian on the RHAP side of things back in the pre-COVID days. And um, I'm happy to be here today. Had you, be- you, you done uh, with Brian? and not just with Allie? I have. I've done it. I've done it uh, at least once or twice with Brian. Yep. Wow. Going to have to bring those episodes out. I want to hear your, uh, your old, old school podcast. Cause I've, as we've talked about, I've listened to all of them, but it's been a while. So I forget. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's hard to remember when everything's on one five X Matt. So, um, how it goes. rude. Okay. So, uh, but we're here for the challenge, Ride or Dies. Uh, it's episode, I, say I already lost count, four or five, um, but whatever it is, how have you been enjoying this season so far? I'm enjoying it a lot more than I have the past couple of seasons. Um, and that might just be because we haven't gotten to the point where it's inevitably just all the vets left. Um, but I, I'm enjoying the season. I'm enjoying the format, especially. I think it leads to some interesting things. I'm enjoying that there's no house vote uh, that allows for more power plays and things like that. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying the season overall so far. Of course, it is still very early. There's time for everything to fall apart, which I'm sure it will. I feel like Scally and I have been discussing this uh, in the past, you know, week or two. Especially Scally was talking about, you know, the vets are, um, the you know, it, it's the same story as it's been for the past couple seasons. It's vets versus rookies, and especially with all the vets getting added to the game, we have two more added to the game this week. We'll talk about, um, but it it just turns into you know the vet show and maybe a couple of rookies hang on. Um, does that like make any difference to you? Does it does it like ruin the show in any way for you, or are you more in my boat where I'm like, well, I kind of watch for the vets because they're the people that I know. I mean, I want to, I want to learn about the rookies too, but like, it doesn't necessarily bother me in the same way that it does a lot of other challenge fans to see the vets like going farther game. Cause again, I'm, I'm kind of watching for them. 
No, I mean, in all honesty, I've, I've kind of fallen off the last two seasons as it's gotten closer to the end where it just becomes the same thing over and over and over again. So I'm definitely enjoying having more rookies this time around, seeing them, actually getting to know some of the rookies, especially, you know, um, Olivia and Horacio, uh, getting to know them well. And so I, I'm certainly enjoying that aspect of it where actually getting to know these people and hoping that they can hang on and they're actually getting storylines. So maybe they will hang on. Who knows? Hang on. What a good pun. Oh, you did that on purpose. Oh, I did not. Do that on okay. Well, <laughs> I knew that. Um, <laughs> Moving but, on. But yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we're adding two more vets here at the, uh, the top of the episode where uh, Darrell and Veronica are joining in on the fun. Um, if I have heard all of my stories correctly here, um, the reactions to them, I think were genuine. I don't think that because th- this is where it got all like confusing and messy because Back when the cast had flown out, I remember, you know, seeing the cast and seeing who was out there. Bananas is back, all this stuff. Um, and then, you know, obviously you shut down looking at all that stuff when when filming starts and you, you know, don't want to see results and, and whatnot. Um, so I remember that at that point, there was nothing there about Darrell and Veronica. I don't know how things lined up if, um, you know, the second quarantine, maybe people knew that they were coming at that point. But I took the reactions to be genuine, that they were shocked to see those two show up. I don't know if they were planned uh, from the jump. I, I don't know what the deal was there, but um, they seemed surprised. And, you know, it's as as we can, as we kind of discussed in the uh, draft, talking about the prospect of this team, um, I don't think anyone's looking at them as like, oh my God, they're going to be there for a long time and they're probably going to win. Um, they are, you know, obviously veterans at this game and know what it takes to go far, but you know, there's a lot of stronger teams uh, than them on the field. So I don't expect to see the strongest of runs out of them. But um, again, the, the, they seem people seem surprised to see them. Um, I'm happy they're here because I live for any time Veronica's back on my screen uh, in, you know, modern challenges. So um, what's your thoughts on them being back and all that? Yeah, I, I'm happy that they are a vet team that's not, you know, that isn't a vet team that's repeat, 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 and that, you know, it seems like they could actually kind of mix up the game. Everyone seemed to be saying, you know, we, we'll get into this later with um, the, the master plan here, but Nelson and Norris seem to think, hey, they don't have anybody, so let's get them in, let's get them in with Olivia and Horacio, and, it, and that seemed really real that they didn't, they probably didn't pregame that much because everyone seemed kind of surprised they were out there. And so it's nice to see that they're coming in, that they're not just going to be, or maybe they might not just be rolling with whatever everyone, you know, whatever the, uh, the vets, the, the traditional vets in the house want. And it's like very funny how Nani gets like the first confessional being like, well, people may take this opportunity to throw them in because uh, they like came in late. You came in late. Like they came in later. Yes. But you also came in late. So what are you saying? Um, I, I, I definitely feel like, to your you know to what you're you were referring to it's like where's the love for these two like nobody's looking around like oh thank god more vets are here um like jordan showed up and bananas is like yes like i need you here to help us against the rookies but we didn't get any scenes of anybody being like Darrell, veronica like thank you for more numbers on our side like do they feel that confident in their games and their numbers that they don't even need these two the fact that nelson is going to very i mean i know that there's not like a huge like bond between either nelson or Darrell or veronica like the I don't know if there is any history there. I think they're, I think Darrell and uh, Nelson had been on a season together. I don't know about Veronica and Nelson, maybe one or two. But um, point being, like, I, I, again, I'm just surprised that nobody was like, oh, this is really good for us. Anissa and Veronica, like, I, I don't know. I'm just I, I was expecting a little bit more of uh, of some fanfare, but not much. But And I think that something else that might be going on is that they're not viewed as anyone who can 
win and who can go far, right? Like kind of what you were yeah. saying earlier that, you know, if, you know, Durrell is, I, you know, he obviously back in the day did had huge wins and was won four in a row and did all that. But he hasn't done much of anything recently. Veronica has done less than nothing recently. Sorry. Um, I don't watch All-Stars, so maybe she has, maybe, and I'm lying. <laughs> but fair. Good to know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so they're not viewed as anyone who's going to win. So why bother keeping them up? You know, they're going to go with the vets, you would think, if they do end up pulling out a challenge. But they're not, anyone, they're not a team that's going to win consistently. So why even bother pulling them in, I guess, is maybe what they're thinking. It like says a lot that like the person that seemed the most excited for them to show up is Amber, uh, who has a connection with Darrell because she has uh, been partnered with him in the past. And the whole, uh, you know, she's Amber's being shown as like the leader of the rookie alliance because the vets aren't even pulling her in or she's not working with them very well. So, um, you know, the person who's most excited to see the most veteran player currently in the game uh, is somebody who is on her third season and, and not playing with the vets. So, I don't know, um, but it's fine. I'm, again, happy to see these two here. Um, hope that they last, um, you know, a couple of weeks. I, I don't want them to go anywhere anytime soon. Uh, again, um, especially here for Veronica. And, you know, Darrell uh, had a, a strong episode here in his first one back, um, getting over the heights thing. The last time we saw him was, um, I want to say, yeah, it was, it must have been on All Stars. And, um, well, not must have been, it was on All Stars. And he was having some issues with the heights there. Um, I don't think he completed one of the challenges that ended up putting him into elimination. And then he went home pretty early in All Stars 3, if I'm getting all that right. So, um, you know, big, uh, for him to overcome there and um, they get through the deliberation and all that stuff uh, unscathed. So um, they make it out alive here and that would have been terrifying or uh, torturous for me if they had gone right out the door. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't a revolving door situation for them. Uh, we'll get more into what happened. I'm sure uh, later on in the episode, I, it was some harebrained schemes going on, mm -hmm. but I, I was very glad to not see them leave immediately at least. Yeah. Um, to bounce around, uh, before we get to the challenges, a couple of things, of course, uh, going on back at the house post, uh, last elimination. Um, did you, well, you, you've watched pretty much every big brother or you have watched, or you've just kept track of them. So, you know, Tommy and Annalise coming into this. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, I, I, I big brother, I am very similar to the challenge. I will start every season and we'll see how far I get. So yes, I certainly know Tommy and Annalise. That's when I made it to the end of somehow. Well, that is, I'm so sorry to hear it. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, the two of them are in uh, some hot water after the uh, drama that got stirred up last week where they made this, you know, horrible deal where they just betrayed their trust and ruined everything in the house. And people are acting like they killed somebody. Um, you know, they they went back on a deal. And um, I, I mean, I think I, I think I understand it because like this early in the game. Anybody who gives you that kind of opportunity to like throw them as like the biggest house target because of blank blank reason, which is here, you know, they lied and they showed that they can't be trusted. Um, you know, they really shot themselves in the foot with with that. Um, and I'm, you know, kind of walking back and uh, Scally, I'm, I'm, you know, coming around to be much more on your side of what you had said last week, um, you know, that they probably made the wrong move. They should have gone back on what they said to Fessy um, about, you know, instead doing the other move and putting Kim and Colleen in because, you know, what are Kim and Colleen doing? for them and um, I listened to Jordan and um, Bananas on a podcast today as well where they also were coming you know very in uh, coming in very hot about the idea that they should have just uh, saved you know Olivia and Horacio last week so I think nobody's uh, you know arguing still that they made the right move um, and this whole episode is just going to be such a big beat down on the two of them all the way to the very end in just embarrassing uncomfortable fashion 
Yeah, I, I don't think that, uh, as you said, you know, the, the move they made last week was, I, 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 as we talked about over the course of this week, I, I fell more on the Scally side of that conversation, mm-hmm. where no one needed an excuse to put Tommy and Sis in, right? And yet they gave everyone an excuse to put them in. They, they made themselves huge targets, and they did it also, and they did it, they did it in a way that made themselves huge targets, but also was I think bad strategically for them. I don't. We, we don't need to relitigate everything that you and Scally talked about last week. But in my view, Tommy and Annalise's best chance of making it far in this game, far into the season, was to lay low, be quiet, and hope that they became the team. Make make it to the mid game, and hope that they become the team that everyone views as a layup to get to the finals. And tell you, tell you right now, Tommy Bracco does not know how to lay low and be quiet. So that's. I mean, yes. But that that would have been their best shot of getting yes. far enough into the season to earn a return trip mm-hmm. to the house, and they and they didn't do it. And and what they could have done last week, what they should have done last week, was throw, you know, make it so that Johnny and Raven, or at least make it so that it was possible that Johnny and Raven and Olivia and Horacio would both still be in the house as the two big rookie targets. Yeah, and and the way to have made that happen was to throw Kim and Colleen in, and that's not what they did. And so not only did they go back on the word, they made themselves huge targets when no one really needed an excuse to go after them to begin with, but they also raised themselves on the pecking order because they made it so that a strong team would have to go home. And here we are this week in a world where the team that they saved last week, instead of letting them go home, is the team who is taking them out. Um so, yeah, uh, a very good chance that the two of them are not in elimination, uh, you know, this week, exactly like you're saying, if they had not, if they had made the opposite call last week. And even if they were in this week's, elim- well, no, not, not that actually, because if they were in this week's elimination against probably anybody, it doesn't look like there's any world where they're winning because we'll get to that later. Uh, Tommy and, you know, Sis's performance in that uh, elimination, rough to watch uh, all around. But yeah, that, that's that. We have the scene early on of... Um, who was it? Uh, Olivia was talking to Tommy and Annalise, you know, about what happened. And look, nobody trusts you. Uh, it's just this is what it is. And Tommy, uh, I've been listening to like uh, with all of these podcasts, I'm like doing all my research. Like, you know, somebody give me a pat on the back for that. But um, I listened to Tommy and Annalise talk about, you know, the everything that went down this week. And uh, Annalise was like, yeah, I really couldn't do anything besides just sit there and take it because there's nothing I could say to Olivia to like justify. It was like and Nelson says that later on being like, you know, if you guys owned it a little bit more rather than just making excuses and this and that and you know Tommy and Annalise are sitting there like deers in the headlights just like not knowing what to do where to go how to how to fix this giant mistake that they've realized they've made um and it's just you know they weren't making it any better along the way they um you know like in in the big brother house I think in that environment that uh, tactic that Tommy and Annalise were using of just like pulling on the emotional heartstrings could have worked. But this is an environment where people are running all around the house, talking off in corners and, uh, you know, like the groups gather together. Um, they already had ostracized those two and it was, it was really just over. It was just a matter of were they going to lose in the elimination this week or next week or the week after. And they put their, you know, you know, themselves out of misery, their misery, uh, early on here. So they're, yeah. They're and done. something else that, you know, is different than big brother that I think maybe they didn't account for is that, in Big Brother, if you betray someone and turn your back on them and, and don't keep your word to them, they're gone, right? They're, they're not coming back. They might go to the jury, but they're out of the house. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, if you betray someone, turn your back on them, put them into an elimination, they can still win. They can still come back. So doing that 
And especially doing it to a strong team, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense. You know, telling the strongest rookie team in the house that you're going to save them with the poss- and then not doing it with the possibility that they're going to turn around and come right back into the house anyway, it, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense. And they would have been much better off going the other way last week. Yeah, they really just got caught up in their own, you know, like, you know, ingenious uh, as they probably felt like it was at the time. Uh, And it seemed, you know, the edit was kind of presenting it that way at the time being like, oh, look, they're saving themselves. They're making deals with everybody to ensure that no matter what, they are not going to be going into elimination this week. And at the time, you're like, oh, wow, like that, that's really good on them. Um, they, they, They know the strategy. They know what they should be doing. And then, you know, when you pull the zoom out a little bit and see everything else that was going on and consider all the factors of what this season of the challenge is and the format and, you know, just everything else that we've already been talking about. Yeah. It it obviously uh, was not what they thought that they were doing at the time. So that's that, Um, you know, yeah. The, the, the thing that always said, sorry to interrupt Mm -hmm. the thing that, you know, um, that Rob and Jess and Mike Bloom always say on the amazing race podcasts over on RHAP is that if you're going to, if you're going to U-turn someone, you want to make sure you're never going to see them again. And I think not realizing that was the that that same strategy, but in the challenge was the big flaw in their game. Should we get that on like a sign, um, like a poster? If you're going to U-turn someone, make sure you're never going to see them. That's like deep. I like that. It's deep. It's deep. It's, I can't make I can't uh, take credit for it. Someone else's. Well, you already yeah. gave the credit for it, so we can put the credit at like the bottom of the poster. But like we'll do like the thing where like, you know, you miss 100 percent of the shots. You don't take Michael Jordan, Michael Scott. Yeah, that sure. sort of thing. Yeah. OK. Um, and we'll put it like, you know, I know where you're sitting right now with the four pictures on the wall that when I podcasted from your house, um, somebody was like, oh, that's such a nice picture. We'll put it right next to that. Perfect. It'll it'll look great with the decor. Yes, people will love it. Um, so uh, something else that looks great no matter where you put it is uh, Horacio. Um, so we are... <laughs> Great transition. Um, Laurel and Horacio get a, a scene here um, where he is shirtless for the first time of many times in this episode. And let me tell you, like, if you're not even picking, I, I'm sure you and everybody are picking it up from the show, but like all the interviews, all the podcasts, all everything, all anybody can talk about is how in love they are with this man. And it's easy to understand. A, look at him. B, listen to him talk. He is just the most gentle soul. Um, And again, nobody has had a single negative word to say about him. It's been only the opposite of just love and praise. And, you know, uh, it sounds like they're, you know, in the house and maybe even post-game has just been a line um, of people waiting to get the attention of that man. So, um, you know, I, I I don't know. It's it's he's got some magic within him. Um, I I hated to hear that Jordan was talking about how like this man looks like the way he does while also eating like um you know somebody who just does not stop eating. I don't know. Um, so some things just aren't fair in life. One of them is that uh, you know we're all, all not born as Horacio, but um, this man is making his mark here. Yeah, I almost wanted to be one and done on the challenge just to protect him. Like yeah, I don't want to see him corrupted as time goes on. But uh, I imagine he's going to be on our TV screens for a very long time if he chooses to be. Yeah, I'm not going to side with you on that one. I want him <laughs> on our screen as long as possible. Um, I don't want him to go anywhere. <laughs> I want him to be um, a seven-time challenge champion and overtake uh, Bananas' mantle. and um, Or I guess he would have to be eight for that. But um, I, I want him around. Um, I think he's been a pleasure uh, to watch in multiple ways and uh yeah laurel can't keep her hands off of the man (laughs) like this it's so funny watching this scene um you know the two of them are like you know they're not bunk mates they they're well their bunks are right next to each other they're on the top bunk um and she's talking about you know i just wake up every day and i just see him sitting there laying there and he's just beautiful (laughs) i'm like i i I don't know how you do it yeah i mean i mean i could not imagine 
So yeah. Yeah. Um, just again, her hands are all not in like a, a, a weird way. She's just giving him lots of hugs and affection and he just happens to be shirtless. So who could blame her? Um, also this scene was funny. I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if many people saw it, but, um, while they were talking in that bedroom, uh, Jack had a picture of his boyfriend on the bed, like printed out and the, like his boyfriend's like shirtless. Uh, it's like a cutout of him sitting on the bed. Um, and I was like, who is that? And then I heard them talking about it on, uh, I think bananas podcast. I was like, okay. Um, so there's that little cameo there. Did you notice a little it? Easter egg to go back and look? Yeah. Um, if, if anybody cares to, um, so that's, what's going on there. Um, we have, uh, the segment of Amber, which kind of alluded to this earlier. Uh, Amber is turning into like this leader of the rookie Alliance. Um, so you watched the past couple seasons, at least in the early portion. I feel like this has been Amber's role. You know, she was a rookie and then it was her second season. And now this is her third season. And every season it's like Amber and the rookies, um, because, whether she's not doing a, a good enough job reaching out to the vets or they just don't care enough about her. I, I don't know what the deal is. You know, I, I'm sure there's truth to both sides of it. Um, she's just clinging way more to the rookies and that's going to be her role. Yeah. And I was under the impression last week that Jay was uh, the leader of the rookies. Wasn't that the story we were being fed uh, for the past two weeks? But, but regardless, it, it's interesting to see who gets to be part of the in crowd and who doesn't get to be part of the in crowd where, you know, we have Amber, Jay, Michelle, who are all on their, you know, second or third seasons, not part of this in crowd coming and coming from CBS properties. Whereas the other people, you know, whereas others are, almost, are um, you know, brought into the fold basically by the time they're coming back for their second season. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting seeing how that works. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look at the way that Amber's being, um, I don't want to say like being treated, but like look at the way that she like interacts with the rest of the vets. Um, meanwhile, Horacio's on his like third week in the house and he, you know, is essentially adopted by them. So, you know, it's just, it's a matter of some people fit in better, with, uh, some people don't. Um, she doesn't, Amber has never been somebody who's going to go like sucking up to all of them and be like, oh, Tori and Anissa, I love you so much. Like, and, and Michelle's kind of trying that. Michelle is, is I think, doing a good job of kind of playing both sides of that. I mean, as Nelson says, that could be a tricky spot. So we'll see how it plays out for her. But Michelle's doing plenty of the bonding with this group, but also, you know, being like, Nani, we are sisters. We gave birth to each other. Like, we should definitely be, uh, you know, riders dies in this house and we should not be um getting you know putting each other up so you know there's there's different ways to play it some people that are able you know able to suck up to the vets more um you know it's certainly not something that'll hurt you um but that's just not amber's spot here and um there's a, there's a lot going on here between amber um michelle and jay being involved i mean like you said jay was the leader but he's still in the picture um and you have Norris, who is going to come into power in this episode, who's also a part of this group. And Norris is fully on my radar as a strong player and somebody that I hope we see for a couple seasons to come, if not more. Um, I feel like she has been waiting to play this game, and she's off to a great start. A hundred percent. She was, you know, she got the genius confessional during the challenge itself, but she seemed to be the only one who understood math while doing that challenge. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was, I was impressed and. Her strategic talk, even though she didn't ultimately end up getting her way necessarily in the conversation between her and Nelson, she's she's playing smart and she gets it, which is nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I 
I guess might as well just kind of keep this all together. Uh, of course, we're going to see the two of them are the winners of the challenge, um, which I'll I'll save the Nelson fanfare for uh, when we get to the challenge. But um, when they get back to the house and, you know, they're having this conversation, uh, Nelson and Norris, and you know what Norris wants to do. Norris wants to put in veteran teams that she has no connections with, but it's tough because Nelson does have connections with all of them. And um, I also want to hold off on, you know, what decision was the best for them conversation because I feel like there's more there. But as, as far as Norris goes, you know, um, it's tricky for her. Her partner has connections. She is making connections and she also wants to play, you know, big and be memorable. I mean, if, if I'm giving advice to any rookie going into a challenge season, um, I mean, nobody's asking me for it, but if I'm giving it to you anyway, it's just find a way to be memorable and not in, not, not in a bad way. You, you certainly don't want it to be where people are like, never bring this person back, but make a name for yourself. If that involves, you know, putting down two big vet pairs. Sure. If that, you know, whatever it takes to, to, to be, you know, one of three rookies that are going to get called back for the next season. You got to go for it. So I can see why she would want to have the motivation to say, well, all of the rookies want to stick together. Um, it's not something that, that gets done very often, but we can have the opportunity here. And if she had a partner, if she was partnered with Johnny, um, you know, Johnny that just went home, not Johnny Bananas, maybe maybe that is something that, you know, they're they're going to pull off here because it's a couple weeks into the season and you have to go big at this point um, if you want to have any chance of your rookie alliance doing well. But in this, you know, I, I, again, I just think she handles herself very well in the deliberation, everything. I was just very impressed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, she you know skyrocketed up the power rankings for me uh this episode in terms of what i think she can bring moving forward into the future you didn't know her beforehand did you oh god no <laughs> no don't say it like that <laughs> I, I still don't know who she is really but she is a uh, very impressive rookie on the challenge that that and that's all we need to know right at this time yeah um yeah i mean i, I remembered her um from her original are you the one but um not like the most as much, I don't know. It's been a while since that season. Were we given a story of how her and Nelson are ride or dies? I don't remember. Yeah, we were I mean, as much of a story as any of these teams were. You know, it's like we knew each other, and this is who I picked to bring with me. Yeah. Okay. So, sounds good. Um. So we uh, are continuing with the Fessel and Colleen uh, love story, as that kind of leads us into the love shack of it all. Um, where uh, they're just talking about what they're grateful for and Fessel and Colleen are still figuring each other out. And um, so getting into this this montage, it's Fessel and Colleen, Jordan and Tori, um, Nelson and Olivia. And uh, again, this is just showing us who's uh, hanging out together around the house. Yeah, I feel like you kind of just like brushed right over Jordan and Tori, which maybe is the appropriate thing to do here, but also just worth noting that it was brushed over. It's not sexy. As Tori says. As Tori said. Is being called a wifey type sexy? Can you tell me that? I haven't been called it. You uh, you tell me, am I a wifey type? <laughs> Let's move it along. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> um, but no, Jordan and Tori being here is obviously, you know, being here in the same bed is obviously, you know, significant to people that are watching like last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, um, of their rekindled um uh, it's not it's not a, I wouldn't even call it friendship yet of just like connection um, of just seeing how they're interacting together. And Jordan says on Banana's podcast of like, she asked me to, uh, you know, come sleep in the same bed. And, and it wasn't anything more than that. It was just, you know, a level of comfort, which is what she says in the show. Um, and she says, you know, it's a baby step. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody who's engaged at one point in their life and have a good relationship now, you know, what to do and what bed to sleep in. So that's on them. If this is going to yeah, I don't know if this is going somewhere. I, I have no idea. But 
that's going to be their business. And, and if it turns into more, we'll talk about it. But I'm not like, I, I really just don't, not, not say I don't care, but it's, it's like, whatever, feel free. Yeah. I mean, given the, the focus on Tori's mental health in the first three episodes and everything uh, surrounding that, it, it, and, you know, you said that they're on good terms. I'm not sure. I, I think that might be overstating it a little bit, just given what we've seen so well, far. You're like, they're, they're obviously not on bad terms, but it's still, I, I don't want to focus too much on it because that's them and it's not, I feel like their life has already been too much the topic of, you know, whatever. And obviously mm-hmm. they're putting themselves on TV and all of that, but this isn't like the fun, like Colleen and Fessel are hooking up or Nelson and Olivia are hooking up. There, there's a lot more going on here that, I, I I really don't want to explore. Yeah, I, again, that's pretty much what I'm, I'm getting. Yeah, it's like, what I, do do what you got to do. If there's more of it that turns into storyline in the show, then, um, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. But again, these two were engaged at one point and, and obviously have a very strong connection. So I get the desire to have that kind of comfort when you're in this stressful environment. That's literally what everybody has ever said coming out of these houses of why so many like hookups and uh, showmances and even sometimes real relationships come out of these shows because of the environment so that's that um i don't know if it's the environment bringing nelson and olivia together or um nature um i I don't know um but they are obviously very uh very very much enjoying their time together um i do not appreciate that they're keeping michelle fitzgerald up she needs her rest uh to make sure she's ready for every single uh day in that house so i would appreciate if they could calm down a little bit but um that's that's what's going on there so yeah yeah and baby (laughs) But I the this like Michelle Fitzgerald is made for these shows, and I know I know you love her. I know Scally it's true, and you should say it. But like her confessionals are so good, and she she just she was made to be on these types of shows where she can just observe everything that goes on around her and comment on it. Mm-hmm. Keeps keep, yeah, keep going. I, I <laughs> I'll listen to uh, any Michelle Fitzgerald praise anybody <laughs> wants to put out there. That's what I got for now. A hundred percent. Her confessionals like light up the room, light up my TV screen. Like just the way that she talks to the camera, like the camera loves her. I love her. And I am just so happy with every second that she's, you know, continuing to be on, on the show. So yeah, love that. Um, uh, it's there's a lot going on here. We're half hour into this podcast or, or so. I haven't even gotten to the challenge yet, but there's a lot happening beforehand. Um, the, the last scene is just of uh, Nelson and Jay talking about how Fessy may not be safe if Olivia and Horacio win this week. Um, and, uh, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing where Nelson's like, well, I don't really want to win because you have to say four names. Uh, that's a lot. And, you know, of course I get that. But um, Nelson saying he doesn't want to win is certainly not something that I'm going to believe because... Nelson has this big uh, stat that's been going for um, certainly the past hey, Matt. couple of seasons. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Did you know that Nelson's never won a challenge, a daily challenge? Did not, you know? No, not never. Just what? not in a while. Wait, that that's what we're doing? Yeah. I thought this whole time that it was not never. No, it's just not in a while. <sighs> I, I, tr- I honestly did not know that. Well, I no. truly did not know. So the 54 wasn't all that he's ever been in? It's just... uh, no, I'm going to go look it up because now I don't want to feel like an idiot just in case I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. No, he has nine daily wins, um, but he's been on the show for a while. It was 54 was just the streak since he had last won. What? Why was this a plot line? Because why it had been we... 54 episodes since he won. Yeah, whatever. So, so uh, the challenge, 
uh, spies, lies, and allies, safe for a million weeks, no wins, uh, double agents, no wins, total madness, no wins, uh, final reckoning, no wins. Like, uh, he's partnered with Shane in Final Reckoning. Like, uh, this is how far back I'm going, and we're still not at a win. His last win was in Vendettas, which was a light year ago, um, and it was like halfway through the season. He won uh, a challenge called Car Crash. Um, I feel like I want to like pull up that that uh, the challenge Vendetta's Car Crash episode. I want to see what the date on that was. Uh, the last time that an episode aired where Nelson won a, a daily challenge. It um, February twenty first, twenty eighteen. So I mean, we could go back to that date and like see what was going on. I mean, we're two years ahead of uh, of the coronavirus. Like, there's let's not relive those, those years. Okay. Let's, Let's just, let's just, 2018, eh, eh, not the best. Well, Nelson may want to relive it because <laughs> that's the last time he had something to hang his hat on. Um, and if I'm missing a stat along the way, I'm sorry. Um, but I don't think, uh, so So it's been a, a long time. Um, and yes, he is, uh, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, Scally was, I think, making a comment a couple weeks ago being like, is this really, like, are we really doing this every week? And it, it makes sense now, you know, that he had a win coming up. So they were trying to make sure that we remembered it. Yeah, I mean, and now that I have learned that it wasn't ever, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm, there's slightly less fanfare for me for his win, but I guess good for him. Wow. Hope Nelson's not listening to this because this is a big moment for him and you're trying to take that away. No, I'm just saying it's not as impressive as I thought it was because he's already won so much, you know? Well, again, I hope Nelson's not listening to this. Now, <laughs> um, we mean no dis disrespect. But um, this challenge is called Hold On For Me. It's a heights challenge, so obviously Darrell is terrified. Um, what do you make of uh, the heights challenges? Do they do anything for you? I think, I mean, like, I, I've never jumped off a 300-foot building, even attached to a harness. So it's hard to say, you know, like, what that feels like i feel like it's not the most relatable like people are afraid of heights but like i feel like this is a specific afraid of heights of you know actually putting yourself in a situation where you're jumping and falling mm -hmm. um so i'm not sure it doesn't really do all that much for me except that like i guess we're supposed to see that their their fear and anxiety and relate to it in that way but it, do, it doesn't work for me always it works for me in the sense of when i see them trembling like before they get out there i can like put myself in that you know mindset and like feel my leg shaking as well because i mean as like i'm not somebody who's afraid of heights um in general but then i say that and then i go up high somewhere and i like get close to the edge and i start to like again i like shake and tremble a little bit so um i you know i, I can tell myself all i want that oh i could do this but i know that i'd be a baby once i got out there um 100 so it's it's terrifying you're very high up um and as much as you can like watch people do, you know, they probably have people like demonstrate it before they go out there to show them what the deal is and make sure that they feel safe and comfortable. Um, some of these people are, you know, the veterans they've seen, they've done this a million times. So this isn't like as scary to them, but for a Tommy or Annalise or even Michelle, who's, you know, only a, a season or two into this thing, uh, it's absolutely terrifying. I don't know. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be volunteering to do it, but I'm just not sure it always translates super well onto TV beyond what you're talking about like you can like understand why this would be scary yeah, and you why you wouldn't reaction. want to do it yeah yeah so um a lot of dqs because the way that this one is set up is where um the person that is out there 
dangling over the air, has to hang on for as long as possible. That's kind of like the timer for them. As soon as they are ready to kind of, they know that they're going to let go. They have to communicate to their partner to say, jump now. The partner jumps and then, you know, you swing out for the flag. Um, if you don't get the flag, you're DQ'd. So that wipes out like 95% of the teams. Um, but... If you do get the flag and you hold on the longest, which ultimately comes down to two teams that were able to complete the task there, um, Nelson and Norris and Jordan and Anissa, then uh, that's, you know, that puts you in the, the eligibility to win. And there's that. So um, any highlights in this challenge? I mean, Veronica falling, uh, not falling, but Veronica, like being horrible at jumping um, stands out. But what else? <laughs> I mean, there were there were a number of those. Um, we had the, the Veronica one. Uh, we, we had the hanging on by the shoe. Um, right where or the the, the grabbing the shoe, uh, that was Colleen and Kim, right, who were rocking back and forth. Yeah, there was trying to make a couple that work. of them were like, you know, as soon as they dropped, they were like hanging onto their partner's feet. I'm like, I mean, I know that they're not holding on by the partner's feet, and they're just kind of like, you know, using them to uh, whatever. But it, it's still scary. <laughs> yeah, the the thing, my general complaint, I guess, about this challenge, which I don't mean to sound like a a negative Nancy over here, but you know, this is now the second time this season where we've had a challenge that less than a handful of teams has actually completed and it kind of just sucks the drama out of it of we're like well, who's tj gonna announce one the challenge and you know with this one and then the one with the um the the balancing act um where it's just like only i think only four teams completed the balancing act a couple of weeks ago and mm-hmm. then only two teams actually completed it to uh for this one and so just kind of you know it, it's if they're designed that it's so impossible to actually complete it uh it, it really I don't know. It kind of makes it so that even if someone had the best strategy, even someone was the most athletic, they still may not be winning. And I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, All I am currently thinking about is like, thank the heavens that Jeff Probst doesn't host this show um, for a variety of reasons. But one being like in a moment like this, like this is where Survivor, you know, when two people complete a challenge, Jeff is like creaming his pants being like, what does it mean for you two to be the only ones that made it through this challenge and you stuck through it? You faced your fears and you were there for each other. And what does it mean to you? Well, it just means so much. And And like I would be, you know, throwing things at my TV and throwing up and throwing, you know everything so i'm so glad that that's not a reality because um as much as like i agree with everything you're saying like it takes a lot of the suspense out of it um all i want in this moment is like um you know it 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 does show like you know Nelson and Norris. I, I, I don't know. You know. I guess we'll split the, the credit in half because uh, Nelson's the one who completed the the jump far enough to get uh, Norris. You know, uh, to get the flag. Um, and it's for, we were presented as Norris was the one with the idea. So it does show them being you know very very strong in this moment and and getting the win where all of these other teams weren't able to do it. So I I appreciate that. But again, I, I would be horrified if I had to sit through like Jeff. You know, going through you know the emotions behind it. Like just shut up and move on. Yeah, I don't fault the first round of teams for not, you know, understanding how the physics and the math of this would work because they probably were thinking, oh, everyone's going to get the flag, so we need the person holding on who's going to be able to hold on the longest, right? And that's going to be the person with more body strength, more core strength, whatever. So having the the guys go first the first time around makes total sense. After that, after everyone has seen that all three of those teams DQ'd, including strong teams... DQing, you know, Casey and Kenny DQing in the first round. Yep. Right? They should have been like, oh, we need to rethink this. We need to figure out how to actually make this work because that flag is far away. Mm-hmm. And having the lighter person jump into the heavier person 
is not going to give you as much momentum as having the heavier or the, the heavier person jump into the lighter person and screw how much time you're up there. No one's going to complete this. So, I mean, I was very happy that we got that confessional from Maurice to show like, yeah, this is how this is going to work. This is how this is, this is how you're going to win this. And, and uh, so I was, I was very happy we got to see that. Yeah. And, and luckily, you know, not luckily for, for me or anything, but like luckily for for Jordan, uh, you know, him and Anissa had figured this out as well. Um, you know, Jordan pushing off his entire body weight off the platform, you know, like going flying into her. Um, they were able to complete it just in the same way that Nelson and Norris were. So, you know, it's it was something that you could have figured out. But it's also, you know, one of the, the, the main, you know, aspects of like so many times they talk about, you know, going first in these challenges is not the best because you get to watch people do it. So, you know, by the time that we'd gotten to these last couple of rounds, they should have figured it out. Um, so that's what's going on there. And the other, you know, highlight, or I guess you could call it a low light, depending on, oh, um, Tommy. yeah, um, <laughs> this episode, I mean, when in the podcast that I listened to, it was, um, he had recorded it with, uh, the two of them had recorded it before the episode aired because he was like, not going to be able to watch it that night or whatever. So they were talking about it just from their experience. And I was like, Oh man, like he hasn't watched it yet. And when he watches it, like this is going to be the worst, you know, hour of his life to like go back and live through all of this and just see, you know, the embarrassment. I just, I, I feel for him. Um, tough look. They just buried him in this episode. They, they just buried him from the beginning with the strategy conversation to this challenge, to the, to the elimination. It was just, it was a rough go. I mean, the, I, I, I do think there was like a little element of like, like, I don't know, like, uh, or what's your take on this? Like, did he literally just go for like the, oh, I'm going to put on, you know, a performance here of, you know, the Titanic, which, yes, I know that reference before you come for me. Um, and, <laughs> um, and, you know, the arms all wide out as, you know, she comes flying into him or, or whatever, because that happened on the Titanic too. Um, or, you know, was he just... I, I don't know what like what did you make of, of the way that he reacted once he was supposed to reach out for the flag? I mean it, it it makes no sense what he did. There's no I mean I imagine if you were to ask him what he did and he probably I I don't know if he explained on the podcast what he was trying to do. Probably not because he didn't realize he would be getting made fun of um, in the episode itself. Yeah, no, but if but if you asked him and you made him answer honestly, I imagine he would say that you know he was trying to reach back or something like that yeah. because having your arms outstretched is not going to make you more aerodynamic <laughs> that's not how that works uh, and it's he and he certainly wasn't going to be able to reach behind him but i don't think he was doing it for like a dramatic performance or anything i just think it just it didn't work whatever it was he was trying to do yeah um he was talking about how he was like terrified and you know i mean they all were but like annalise was like you really did a good job convincing me you weren't because you were being so strong for me and convincing me that we were going to be okay and and do it or whatever um but you know he was you know crapping his pants out there as well so i don't know it, i i don't i don't think he went into that being like you know i'm hanging over a building let me be you know funny tommy brocco that you know is recreating a Titanic scene out here on in the middle of a challenge. Like, I don't think that that was his intention, um, but they certainly edited it into that kind of way to at least, I don't know, make you laugh along the way as this guy is going through again, a, a very embarrassing hour of television, but yeah, um, no luck for them there. No luck for many of the teams. So what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it, it was a, it was a really tough challenge. Um, and you know, we, we saw Nelson and Reese do it. We saw Anissa and Jordan do it. And I'm not sure we saw a confessional with them explaining, like, this is why we're doing it this way. I think it's entirely possible that they got there by accident without knowing 
that having Jordan jump into Anissa was the best way to move forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do you think that they would uh, potentially, you know, remake Titanic in a couple of years and cast Tommy in it? I looked up his I, cause I He's five four. Like he is, and then like he's so tiny, right? Like I know he's a dancer, and Don't I know come he's on for Broadway. Short, guys, I'm not. I'm not. I did not. How dare you? Um, but like, I just I looked it up and like, because you kept watching them on screen. Together, I was like, oh, sis is taller than him. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that that's the uh, extent of my comments. Not, not, that's not all I got. Be taller than someone that's five four. I mean, I'm only, um, and I've started to accept my five sixness. I don't know why. I just when I clung on to like five seven. Um, I, I might be like somewhere right in the middle uh, of the six and the seven, but I've started mm. to. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, whatever. Six. I, I'm, I'm saying six. That's all. I'm, I've just, I, I said seven for the longest time. I think it was Kirsten that might have been the one who was like, "You are not five seven. I'm five seven. I was like, ah, or maybe it, uh, it might not have been her. I don't know. Um, so that's that. Um, so Nelson is going to win his first daily challenge in 54 tries, not his first one ever, but in 54 tries. And, uh, you know, the celebrations, uh, for him amongst the, uh, the crowd, uh, you know, everybody goes wild. And there were a lot of people that were happy he won. Um, I don't know if he was one aside from the fact that he was breaking the streak. Um, but Veronica wasn't very happy. Um, but you know, there was people that, you know, they, they were afraid of, uh, Jordan and Anissa coming into power. Fessy was one of the people saying that people did not want Olivia and Horacio to come into power. So, you know, as Nelson and Arisa right in the middle of the house, a lot of people did enjoy this. So, you know, the two of them are, are going to have to figure out what to do here. And, um, that's that's the story. Nelson, the challenge winner. It's uh, he's in his reign. I liked his confessional where he was like, "Yeah, a lot of responsibility. I don't really uh, do responsibility, but we're gonna give it a shot." Yeah, I mean, it be unless you're Tommy and Annalise. Like, I don't think there's anyone in the house who, when Nelson and Norris win, they're thinking, "Oh, I'm definitely gonna be one of the four. Yeah, which is both of, shows how good of a spot Nelson and Norris were in, but also why. Nelson was right to be like, ah, I don't really know if I want to win this challenge. I mean, putting in four people, like the format of this season, like, that's so, I mean, it's not four people, it's four teams. That's eight individuals that have a reason to now, you know, next week when you're not in power, or actually you could be in power again, but the next time you're not in power, that's eight people that, you know, could easily throw you in. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid third of the house that you're mm-hmm. putting up to, for elimination. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and luckily, the format for that team also allows somebody like a Tommy and Annalise to also make themselves a big target because uh, they're also making a decision along the way. So you're kind of splitting it a little bit with, with another team. And if you play it right, you know, you, uh, you know, people keep putting in Kim and Colleen and they haven't been winning anything. So, you know, there's ways around making it, you know, and, and that I guess goes into it. Maybe we'll, we'll use this as an opportunity to jump into their decision-making where um, we're going to see as they go out, they have this night out together. Nelson and Norris are talking with uh, Olivia and Horacio and obviously Nelson and Olivia have this connection. Um, Olivia puts this plan together to put them in so that it doesn't look like anything, you know, too crazy for for Nelson and Olivia um, while having it be where they're going to be safe no matter what, because the two teams they're going to put down there, they're going to work it. They're going to make sure that they come back um, with the vote. And obviously it works out. Um, So, you know, when we ultimately get uh, to this part of it and and they're they're picking their teams, did you take any issue with the strategy that they went with and, and how this all played out? It was a really bad plan. Like it ended up working out for them, but it was like in concept, in theory, it was an awful plan. It was a terrible idea because if you're, and well, yeah, I'll just go into it. Because if you're picking two teams to stand next to you, 
who both of them would save you, there's two problems with that. One, it guarantees a team that would save you is going into elimination, right? And two, if you end up picking the safe dagger, then you have to turn your back. You have to do exactly what Tommy insisted last week and turn your back on a team who was planning to save you. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure in execution that they actually picked the two teams that were most likely to save them. So maybe it ended up working out for them in a weird way. But I, I like the at, at, a, at a high level concept, it was just not a good idea. And that's further, you know, I, 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 I think I side with you on that. I can't think of much to like counter that to say, you know, why, why I would disagree. Um, but the, it, you know, made further by the fact that when, when they, their names popped up on the board and it said Olivia and Horacio were, were going in, um, everyone's like, Nelson, are you kidding? Like <laughs> you are sleeping with her. Why? You know, no one expected you to do that. Yeah, like, is it actually helping either of their teams, right? Is it is it helping Nelson to be like, oh, look, I'm not connected to her? Like, no one cares. You didn't it's week four, yeah. right? Like, it, we're not at the point yet where you have to choose between your fling and your allies, right? We're nowhere near that stage yet. And throwing her in when actually you can't save her, right? It, it doesn't buy you any favor. Right. Um, and, and this all aside, I mean, I saw some people online discussing about, you know, Nelson making a safe move here and, you know, the way that he comes out of it kind of unscathed and Jordan's giving a, a confessional later being like, is Nelson the mastermind? He's climbing up the list of masterminds like Jordan. Like, how much did he pay you for this confessional? But, um, <laughs> like the the fact that, you know, he comes out of this OK, but did he improve his position in the game at all? Or is Nelson just doing the exact same thing that he does every season of just hoping to still be there after all of the shots have been fired at the end of the game? Um, because there's, you know, there's so many strong vets left in the game. And it's like, I mean, I know that Turbo stood out in a way that, you know, everybody wanted him gone or, or whatever. But, you know, when Bananas and Nani were in power, they took out a strong team despite it not being some kind of like rookie, rookie, easy pair to go. I mean, it is an easy pair to go. I can't say that it wasn't because it was turbo and everybody wanted him gone, but I just feel like there could have been other ways that Nelson could have gone about this to take out a team that is such a big threat to them because there are still so many teams in the house that beat Nelson in a final 10 out of 10 times. Right. And I guess the thing that I didn't say before, which is worth saying is that knowing that they were going to be sending in Tommy and Annalise, like, unless it was something that was not strength-based at all, it was pretty safe to assume that they weren't coming back, right? right? That whoever, that the other three teams were all coming back no matter what. Mm-hmm. So there's, if you're, so if you're going to throw them in, if you're going to have them in the four, then you're not really taking, there's no point taking any kind of risk, mm-hmm. right? But I think it's worth going back to the conversation Nelson and Norris had uh, of, in terms of even who to put up in their four before we get into or, you know, now that we've talked about the Olivia and Horacio thing where they really had strong disagreements about who was right and who was wrong to put in because Norris wants to be in with the rookies, doesn't want rookies to be going home. And Nelson doesn't want to piss off the vets. And they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place in terms of who, you know, they, they couldn't both get their way here. And there, there really is no middle ground in terms of what they could have done. So how did, how did you take that conversation and how everything ended up? 
I mean, it's it's tough because I mean they even look around at the you know names of the people that he could have thrown in instead. And Nelson's been on the show for nine seasons now. Like he's made connections with all of these veteran players, with the exception of the one vet team that he does throw in, Darrell and Veronica. Like again, I can't name anything that that is like you know in the history uh, between him and either of those two players. So I get why they're you know expendable to him, but like. Nani, I think, and him have a good enough connection. I think uh, Nelson and, and Bananas have, you know, made a truce over the past couple of seasons to not go after each other. Um, he, you know, he's perfectly fine with Tori and Devin and, and Anissa and all these people. So it's like as much as so many of these teams, I think, are, are beating him in a final. I don't know, you know, how he justifies at this point in time breaking the connection with them, which turns that entire alliance against him in turn. Um so, you know, when he says to, to Norris, like, I need to stick with the vets, like these connections go so much deeper than you can ever even imagine. I get it. But it's it's like also like, dude, but you're in your ninth season and nothing has you know, gone your way. Nothing is broken in the way that you want it to. Um, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know what I would recommend for him. I don't know how, you know, if anyone has the answers, like, let me know if you have the answer, let me know. But it's just I. I don't know what I would have, you know, what I would have done if I was him. I think he's got so much room to grow in his challenge game. And it's unfortunate that I say that because, again, it's his ninth season. I think his social game is just fine. But it's just the fact that, you know, we don't see him coming into the season like Wes and Bananas are like, you know, the beginning of the season being like, we need to work together. Bananas and Wes have to come together or you know, we're not going to, you know, I, I never see that from Nelson. I don't see him coming into the game and, and they, at least they don't show it to us of him saying like this season, I'm going to work. I'm going to be ride or dies with bananas and with Jordan and make sure that the three of us are, you know, there to the end and, you know, give him that shot. But I feel like he's just still so low on the pecking order. So again, I, I'm, I'm rambling, but I, I just, I don't know where he goes. I don't know what the best move is for him. Like maybe Norris was right. Maybe they should have made the big move, but also I understand Nelson's perspective being like, I can't rock the boat. Right, and, and you think about it, I'm looking at the list of teams. There's only four vet-vet teams, I, I think. It's the three teams that came in late and Devin and Tori. And unless I'm missing something, there's only four. those are the only four teams that are pure vet teams. And so if Norris is wanting to avoid sending in rookies at all, right? There's yeah. th that's who you're left with. And that's a move that basically gets you sent home next week, or at least down into the elimination next week, yeah. uh, depending on who wins. Right. I don't think she's avoiding and, rookies at all. Like, I think that Casey and Kenny are perfectly fine. Laurel and uh, Jack are perfectly fine to go in. Like people that are like, they may as well be vets because they're working so closely with the vets. But, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. So like Casey and Kenny is obviously a team that pops into mind of like a strong move while also not being at a, at something like that. But then yeah. you're not sending home Casey, right? You're not threatening Casey one. Cause you're probably not sending her home in two because then you have bananas and Donnie coming after you. Mm-hmm. But if you like swing for the fences and you put Casey and Kenny in as your vote and then you put bananas and Nani and, uh, you know, Tori and Devin and like you may I mean, that's literally going full turn against the vet alliance. And like I get, you know, he probably then becomes target number one for whoever wins next week. So I get it. I don't know. I just I'm I'm, I'm uh, just because of that being. Uh, the topic of discussion at the moment, like, you know, Nelson finally coming into power after 54 times of not having the power. Um, you know, it's like you you might have wanted to see more, um, but I don't know. There's still plenty of season to go. He got this monkey off of his back of, of not being able to, to win. So maybe he can win more throughout the season and, and find himself in a better spot. We, we saw that he has the connection with um, with Fessy still going strong for him, even though they had a rough or a rough patch a couple seasons ago. He's obviously got Olivia and Horacio close uh, by him at the moment. So. 
um, there's room for him, but there's just, you know, I don't know. He's not at the top. He never has been. Yeah, and I I don't know, having talked this all out now, I don't know where he goes from here, which is kind of what you were, which is exactly what you were just saying. Yeah. Where, you know, he had a move that he could have made that could have flipped the house and potentially seen him go home next week, if depending on who wins the challenge. But now he's just kind of stuck in the middle of the vet pecking order and with no real way to improve his lot besides winning a lot of daily challenges, which he seems to be incapable of doing based on the last 55 examples of performance. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, It's, you know, he really needs, he's the kind of player that like needs somebody else to slip up and like bananas to give a reason why he can go after him. But like that doesn't happen because these players are such veteran players that they don't, slip up in that way um you know like oh so like banana said my name like i can put him in like no bananas is not out here saying nelson's name like he knows what to say and when to say it so um that's that uh again people go wild when they see that nelson threw olivia in um to the uh you know four teams that are being deliberated on and um did they get one over on bananas here where bananas is like um olivia takes it really well I'm like the acting is i guess good enough because this is bananas in confessional days later i don't know yeah it's Maybe, or maybe they all just figured out that Olivia, you know, was never really a, was never really going to go home, right? Was never really going to end up in the elimination based on everything that got sorted out. Yeah. But, you know, wouldn't the better move have been for Olivia to not take it well? If the whole idea was to be that Nelson and Olivia actually aren't close and all that, and they're willing to put each other up, wouldn't it have been a, a wiser idea for her to not take it well? Potentially, but I think they all knew that they were going to go, like, uh, Olivia knew she was going to go back into his bed later in the night, so who were yeah, they fooling fair. at that point? Um, when they were, like, out at the night out, and Nelson's like, am I still going to get a kiss later? Um, so, you know, they weren't, like, separating. Like, it wasn't like, you know, big brother, let's stage a fight. It's just like, oh, let's just show that we're willing to say each other's names. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, did you have any notes on anything from the deliberations with calling all four teams in there? Anything uh, exciting in there for you? Not really. Did you? Um, I liked the... Cut. That was good I don't podcast. Know th- Say it again? That was good podcasting by me. I know. Um, I mean, that's fine. You can... Uh, anytime somebody wants to let me talk more, because um, I don't <laughs> talk enough, um, feel free. Um, when Tommy or no, Annalise is like, so, like, where are you guys at? And Nelson's like, uh, good luck tonight. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Um, yeah. I mean, there was no point hiding the ball, right? Right. Um, so it's at least they let him know, even though Tommy and Annalise afterwards are still like, OK, we've got to assume we're going in tonight. It's like, you think they just they just told you. So yeah. I, I don't know if, if the uh, intent was conveyed quite as strongly as, as it seemed. Um, I was just happy for Veronica and Darrell that they weren't, you know, the team that was being targeted there, because, again, the revolving door would not have been fun to watch. Um, and Veronica, like, you know, <laughs> she, she's like, I don't know what to say to these two people. Like, I don't know the first thing about Norris. Um, and, you know, I have no connection with Nelson. So, you know, she does her best trying to, like, smile and laugh through it all. Um, but, yeah, not, uh, not, not much else that was going on there. Um, more importantly, I guess, was the scene afterwards as um, the Tommy and Annalise hour, you know, continues on. And um, we just see more of the emotional uh, bond between the two of them and Tommy talking about how much he needs her and loves her and all this stuff. And, you know, um, I, I do think there's such a thing. I don't know if this is like a, a hot take, but I don't think it is. Um, I do think there's a thing as like friend soulmates in the way that, you know, people find like relationship soulmates and whatnot, um, where you find, you know, people in your life that, you know, you just like 
are are drawn to and you feel like you never want to let go of um and that just seems to be what these two have as as a friendship um and you know that's really special for them i'm glad that they have that in each other but um you know it's not something that i feel like we see on tv too often of just like i need you i love you you are my person like all of this stuff that the, that these two have between them so i don't know i i, I don't i don't hate it I, but I, I don't know i just don't know what to do with it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Tommy's um he's a lot. Um and like you said earlier, he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to lay low, he doesn't know how to how to uh you know, be um be on the quieter side. And uh he he's a lot and he is very in touch with his emotions. Very very in touch, which good for him. Um when we get to the elimination and and they get called in immediately by Nelson and Norris, you know, wasting no time being like, nope, they're not trustworthy. They, you know, <laughs> they, whatever they did and they're going in, um, you know, they, they kind of take it right away. They knew it was coming. Um, and I just thought it was a very funny moment as Tommy is like, you know, doing his usual, like, rah, la la, um, like, you know, shaking his arms or whatever. And it's just like, gives him a look and he's like, oops, sorry. Um, like, it's just, you know, exactly what you expect from Tommy Bracco. Exactly. So that's that. Um, did you, did you think that they were overdoing it at all with like the, you know, accusations towards those two throughout the episode of like, you know, again, how horrible they are for what they did? I mean, they, they put themselves in the position to be the house enemy and they ended up being the house enemy. So uh, I'm not sure, you know, like, so were they overdoing it? Yes, of course. This is a game. Everyone's playing the game. They happened to make a very poor decision. Um, and it ended up that, the, that the very next week, someone who was directly affected by that decision ended up in power which is the risk you run and when you make a move like that but so was it overdone yeah of course it was but it, it doesn't mean that you know that it wasn't entirely deserved yeah and like when they when they end up going home and especially after the elimination performance um you know there's nothing but love for them like you know anise is out here throwing the the heart you know up in the air and jordan's saying i love that guy so much i hope he comes back tj giving love and praise so like they certainly didn't dislike them as people. It was just, a, you know, a very easy way for a team to be put up as a, as a big target. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, they're big brother, right? They are I mean, big brother at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, the the big brother alliance has gotten lots of attention over the uh, past couple of years since big brother has joined the game. Um, Casey and Fessy and, and that whole group has kind of integrated into being the main core of the show. So they've kind of gotten that stink off of them, but new big brother coming in is still getting that same kind of look. So for sure. Yeah. And I think it's because Casey and Fessel and all of them have learned how to integrate themselves into the game in a way that the, you know, the new CBS people have not at this mm -hmm. point. Are you missing Josh this season? I will never miss Josh. <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. Total just, opposite I, take of uh, Scally. I think he has turned into a Josh guy. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I will never miss Josh. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have the hot takes um so well it's not a hot take I, I i'm like right in the middle of you two at the moment i think it's like a very lukewarm take <laughs> i don't know uh for the most part i would say people are probably way more on your side than his side um and maybe i'm making scally much more of a josh fan um than he might actually be but i feel like that's where we were at um he'll correct me next week if i'm wrong um so when we get to the dagger pulling, um, Veronica and Darrell pull first, and uh, they do not have any luck getting the safe one there. Um, Olivia and Horacio pull next, and they do get it. They are safe, um, and they are going to get to decide who they pick to keep safe. And were you surprised by their ultimate decision to save the vets and not the rookies? I, I guess I wasn't. Um, you know, we, we know that, they, that this was part of the master plan, was that they would form close bonds with Darrell and Veronica 
after um, they would after they were all put up. But the Nelson celebration to them picking the safe dagger, <laughs> I was just like, what was the point of all of this? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you made the decision to put them down, and now you're celebrating them pulling the dagger. You could have just not, if you're going to be that transparent about what you're in, about what was going on here. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot of celebrating up there, so maybe he got like you know, lucky and slipped under the radar and nobody noticed. But it's also like you were sleeping with her; like nobody's expecting you to be upset if she, you know, or nobody's expecting you to to want her to go home. I, I don't know. Didn't have to throw her in. Um, yeah. So, what were your thoughts on them saving Terrell and Veronica? Well, we get the flashback of them um, making that deal earlier in the day of you know exactly like we we t- we saw them talking about making the deal and then eventually the flashback shows us the deal um, and sure go for it I mean if I'm looking at these two teams and we're going back into the same mindset that we had last week of which one is more beneficial to you you know that could possibly win a challenge and save you next time because you just saved them um, I I mean Kim and Colleen haven't showed a whole lot of you know um, they're going to be you know a big power player and you don't you don't know what to expect with Darrell and Veronica. Trivia could be tomorrow, and and maybe that's their challenge, and they you know keep you safe as a result, and you know get you uh, one step further. That's an, another ally on your side. You're keeping the vets happy. If the vets want to want to keep those two in the house, and you're bringing in a team close that maybe you know needs people in the house. That definitely needs people in the house. Uh, Kim and Colleen, uh, Olivia said, you know, th- there's no connection there. We we haven't talked game with them, even though they're a rookie team. We just don't know what they we don't know what to do with them. Yeah, that was more of the surprise to me was that Kim and Colleen apparently didn't think it necessary to even discuss with with them, you know, we're, we're keeping each other safe, right? We're cool, right? Because Kim and Colleen, I think, very clearly would have saved Olivia and Horacio. Look, but Colleen's been we, busy. <laughs> but, but we ended up in this position where, like, they didn't have the conversation. And that, that struck me as very odd. Mm-hmm. Um. Colleen's been busy. That's all I, all I can really justify. That's, with. That's true. <laughs> um, but, and, and genuinely, if like Kim and Colleen are more on the Fessy side, not, not, well, it's the Fessy side is the Nelson side. Um, I don't know. Confusing, but are there sides? I guess that's the thing. Are there sides? There's corners, that, right? No sides. Yeah. There's corners of, of this one big giant vet Alliance room. And you know, it's how many people can you kind of pull closer to your corner? So when we do split the room in half and end up on different sides, like, you know, you have somebody that's more with you than with, you know, with the other side, but um, at some point I'm sure we'll, we'll see sides and uh, right. I mean, there are sides there's vets versus rookies still, but it's not, you know, the same thing we're talking about. So, um, I liked Kim's confessional, or it wasn't a confessional. Uh, he was joking out loud to everybody, being like, "Yeah, I really don't want to do elimination right now. It's like when you visit your grandma on the Sunday. <laughs> really don't want to, but you kind of have to." <laughs> TJ got a big chuckle out of that one, didn't he? I mean, I am sorry. I hope his grandma, you know, if if his grandma's, you know, hopefully still with us and uh, not watching the episode, hearing him laugh as, uh, that hard <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah. TJ not wanting to visit grandma. Um, but I thought it was funny because I was just with my grandma the other day and she was just talking about how we don't do Sundays as much as we used to. Um, life changes a little bit, but yeah. Um, so that landed with me. Um, the challenge itself though, is uh, where we are going to see the uh, Tommy and Kim standing outside with this big rope. They're standing on this little square where you have to pull your partner up out of uh, a pit of, very liquidy mud um, in this very cold weather that they are having. Very cold. They're all bundled up. Um, and these two are being dipped into the water. Um, and Kim and Tommy have to pull their partners up so that they can solve a puzzle um, while they're being pulled up. And disaster strikes for Tommy Rocco. Yeah, I, I 
uh, you know, Tommy said a couple weeks ago, or yeah, a couple weeks ago in that in the barrel challenge, right? I guess that was last week. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this just wasn't a challenge that was made for us. And I'm kind of thinking that there aren't any challenges on this show that are going to be made for Tommy Bracco. And, and I know that sounds harsh, but like, like we talked about, he's he's a small, pretty compact dude, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of strength, a lot and a lot of strength. Um, and we also saw last week they don't necessarily have endurance, and I, I think. Sis probably would, but it didn't seem that Tommy was really there. Um, so I'm not really sure what challenge you could put Tommy Brocco in specifically and it go well for him in an elimination setting. Yeah, I mean, with the small sample size that we've gotten, like you're saying, like I, I don't know where he thrives in, in ways that, you know, so many of the, whether they're taller, bigger, stronger, you know, people are, are not going to... to to best him on um, big brother challenges. He was, he was perfect for because a lot of, you know, it's, it's much different. Um, You know, the carnival games and hanging onto a wall, like a lot of things that he was able to do just fine. Um, But the stuff that they're doing out here, jumping and climbing and pulling, you know, these big, you know, ropes that I I don't know, it, it, it was not, um, it just wasn't working for him. And I, I think there's a good chance we see him again. Do you? Um, I guess I don't know because I mean, they certainly seem to, like him in the house tj certainly seemed to like him yeah but i'm not sure he really popped on on tv on the in the challenge setting so you know despite how liked he was i'm not sure that he was a production favorite as much as he was a, a favorite in the house and of tj yeah, I mean, given the current state of the challenge where there's so many rookies that they want to bring in, like they can just find rookies anywhere, um, it's going to be hard for them to, you know, get back in there. But I do th- I can see them being an alternate. And, you know, like I feel like they're not losing their numbers in this in the way that, um, you know, looking at the rest of the people that have gone home, Tamara's never getting a call back. I unfortunately don't see it for Raven, although I wouldn't be against it. Johnny, I think, will get a call. And, and you know, some people are certainly hoping for that. Um you know, I, I don't know uh, what to make of, uh, of of Sam, of Sam and Kayla, maybe if they do another. Um, I, I don't know. But um, I, I, I feel like out of like the people eliminated so far, I can definitely see them having, you know, being in the top top three, uh, most likely people to to be returning. And that's including like the turbos and noms and Kayla's. Um, it's probably Tommy, uh, Annalise and Kayla are my top three of people eliminated so far that I think could come back. Um, I do think that they made enough of an impression. Uh, it was a, in a way that they wouldn't have hoped to make the impression, um, you know, kind of embarrassing themselves in a, a bunch of different aspects and playing relatively poorly, but acknowledging that and being, I think, I think, you know, Annalise, um, does well in the confessionals as well. I think, uh, she was explaining herself very well and just looked comfortable in that setting. I mean, both of them have, you know, plenty of experience in the diary room on big brother. So I feel like it could, I could definitely see it. Yeah. I mean, she, she was definitely more of a presence on this show than she was, on her season of Big Brother. Yeah. I guess, I guess the thing that confuses me is, why weren't they on the Challenge US? Why were they saved for the Challenge proper? I don't know you the know, answer I, to that. Yeah. yeah it, it, I would like to know the answer. I would like to you know, know what they were thinking, uh, what, what production was thinking, saving them for this. I know that Annalise had been in the mix, I want to say for last season, or maybe the season before. Like, they've been... You know, they've had her number um, since she got off of Big Brother. I don't know if Tommy's in the same boat, um, but I know that Sis had been uh, considered pretty heavily. I think like she had been on the like, you know, one of the, you know, cast lists of people that were going out there and then maybe taken off uh, at the last second or some something like that had happened a season or two ago. Um, so I guess they just kind of already had her in this pool. But I, I don't know. I mean, uh, USA was such a different vibe. I don't I don't know 
what what to make of those two being there with the rest of the Big Brother twenty uh, three crew. Like I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, I think that they, you know, given how they played, it would have been much more accepted, right? Like no one on Challenge USA was like, "Oh, you made a big move and you turned your back on mm-hmm. a, on an ally," right? Um, and so I, it would have been interesting to see them because you know they both thrived on a social game in their season. It would have been interesting to see them play a uh, a game where they could be both social and strategic as opposed to just having to rely on their social game, which is what the season of the challenge was for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, this elimination just doesn't go well. It's uh, hard to watch. Um, Tommy's struggling pretty bad. And when it, when it finally is over and, you know, they're put out of their misery there, it's um, you know, the, the emotion that he's overcome with of like, wow, I really couldn't even for a second get into that. Um, and he feels like he let his partner down, who is somebody that he has such a deep connection with as has been you know shown. So he feels so bad for her um, and just so bad that this is how it's all played out. And um, you know, he gets some uh, you know, some, uh, uh, appreciation from TJ and everybody for, you know, showing how much he cared. Um, TJ was like, it's okay that you cried. I'm like, thank you, TJ. We appreciate that. Just, you know, giving love to, uh, to the criers. It's, 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 it is okay to cry. Like, I mean, I, th- I think that that was a conversation for like 2010 that like, it's okay if men cry. Um, but glad we're still spreading the good word in 2022. Yeah. I mean, who's out here being like, Oh, Tommy, you're a crier. You're a weak man. How dare you? Like, was, was that the assumption TJ went in with? Like, what what are we doing there? I don't I mean, it's definitely not something we see often, right? I mean, I don't recall a ton of people losing eliminations and breaking down into tears the way that Tommy did. You're, you're definitely right. But yeah. it's still just like a weird thing to comment on. It's like, it's okay. You can do that here. It's like, of course he can. Who's going to, you know, why wouldn't he be able to? Or maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, to go back on what I just said, like, maybe that does happen, but it's rarely with the men on the show that it happens to. So maybe it just stood out so much more. Sure. Maybe that, so, that could be, um, I don't know, but that's that. So, you know, again, lots of love for them on the way out. He gives them a little dance on his way out and people are like, we love you. Like, you know, so Tommy and Annalise are done here on the challenge. Um, but Kim and Colleen are going back into the house, which makes Fessel very happy because they are just getting their relationship going or whatever this is. And um, we end the episode with a fake out from TJ Lavin about another team joining. And it would have been, you know, maybe more of a, a land for the audience if we, knew that there was, or I, I don't know, but like we, we got the cast list. We know there was nobody else coming, but um, yeah, that's, that's the episode. That's the episode. Did they, did they, did they get the order right of who they brought in when, you know, starting with bananas and Nani and then going to Anissa and Jordan and, and then concluding with Veronica and Darrell? Um, very good question. I would say that um, I think, I think the answer that I immediately want to say is no, because um, bringing in bananas and Nani last would be um, the biggest pop because bananas making his return is, you know, a bigger story. And Casey and Nani reconnecting once Casey's back in the house would be a bigger story. So I think that that would make the most sense, but I also don't think bananas would ever clear that for, you know, himself to be the third one in, because that's a lot of wasted time of gameplay. That's true. And, and I mean, Bananas is never going to be in a position where he goes out because he got into the house too late. But it still would have been, you know, from a production TV perspective, it's like, it's, you know, Veronica and Darrell are great, but they're duds to bring in as the last after the big reveals of Bananas and Nani and then Jordan plus Anissa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It, it, it certainly didn't come with the same excitement that the last two weeks did from the cast perspective. Um, from the audience perspective, I'm like, oh, Veronica. Um 
you know, I hope he lasts a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, um, no, I, I definitely think that um, the answer to that question is that Bananas and Nani would have made the most sense coming in last rather than Darrell and uh, Veronica. But this is the order we have and there's nobody else coming. So, or is there? And, and, or at least that, that we know of. Right. Right. I don't know. Maybe Josh is still on the way. Never say never. Who Josh is coming in with, uh, um, 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 uh, I don't know. Yep. Amanda. Sure. I'll take that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all we have for now. We have gone past the hour, uh, that I am usually happy to go, uh, with, but that's okay. Um, with you as the special guest here today. So, um, thanks for hopping in. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, you're going to keep watching the season for now. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Wednesdays are just. So I, tough. I feel like so I feel like on. you're going to make me keep watching this season. So I'm not sure how much of a choice I have here. Only in the sense that you know, the second that I realize you stop listening to the podcast, I'm going to raise my eyebrow a little bit. So I know you don't like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, but do whatever makes you happy. Um, if that is watching the Amazing Race instead of the challenge, I will question it, but I will, I guess, support it. Okay. <laughs> With the question mark at the end of supporting it, that, very that much sounds... so. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just. Um, again, Wednesdays are too packed. It's, there's, there's too much going on. Um, I'm glad they took off the, the real love boat so that we have one less show to watch because we were watching that every week. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. But, um, but yeah, that's what's going on for now. Um, and yeah, so again, thank you for hopping in here. Um, you are on Twitter with all of your challenge and reality takes, um, always at what's your handle? At Jofo322, so you can watch me tweet about empty movie theaters and nothing else. It's Matt's favorite thing about me. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe you'll tweet like one thing about the challenge this season. I'll retweet when you post the, the podcast. There you How's go. that? Okay. Yeah. Works for me. Um, if the podcast gets posted, the uh, Diamond Colin feed is very temperamental. Um, so we're going to hope that this goes up. And if not, we'll find a way to put it up. So that's all uh, we have for now. Uh, thank you guys for checking this one out. I am on Twitter at Matt Liguori. Um, of course, Scally is on Twitter, um, even though he's not uh, here with us in person right now. Still, I'm sure, firing off some challenge tweets when he watches the episode, which I don't think he's done yet, but I don't know. Um, at Brian underscore Scally. Um, he will be back next week and uh, we will get back in here with, I believe, episode five and see how um, everything continues to play out. The preview looked uh, like there was plenty of drama ahead. So um, any final thoughts from you or we're good to go? I'm nervous for Michelle next week. Don't say that. I just From the preview, just I'm nervous. I shouldn't have asked you if you had any thoughts because mm-hmm. I don't like that one. Um, all right. Well, wishing nothing but the best for Michelle Fitzgerald today and always. Thank you guys for checking this one out. We will catch you next time and uh, take care.